Hey guys, and welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. And I'm super excited about this next episode. But we are on TAN TV, y'all, the African American Network, where we have a local feel with a global reach. And you guys always know we have to stay what? Creative. So make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> Listen, I already see how this is about to go. <laughs> First and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for just being you. I'm just going to start with that. Oh, thank you so much. I um, appreciate all the words of encouragement and it just means a lot to me. Nikki, guess what? Hmm. We're already recording. Awesome. This will we... everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you already heard the beautiful and all of the light that was just on our line, we have someone that's very, very special. Someone that has a huge heart, but can always just give back at the drop of a dime. And I could not think of any person to end our season besides somebody that I met that actually fulfilled one of my dreams. And I haven't even told her what it is yet. So I wanted to, y'all know us. I wanted to hear it live. So everybody, welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast. And we are in our fifth season. I have the amazing, the beautiful, the fantastic, the energetic, and black girl magic, Nikki High, in the building. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And of course, Nikki is the founder of the amazing space, Octavia's Bookshelf in Pasadena, California. Yep. How are you? First of all, as we are in December, How are you and how has 2023 been for you? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 2023 um, has been one of the most amazing years of my life. Um, I mean, just so much good fortune and so many amazing things. I have fulfilled um, a lifelong dream And I was actually just thinking the other night about my grandmother, um, who didn't make it to see uh, me open the store. She had passed the year before. She was my person. But when I would talk to different people about, you know, in my family, hey, I want to open up a bookstore with, you know, these types of books and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I'm not sure. And sh- and my grandmother would say, um, well, of course you're going to open the bookstore. And of course <laughs> it's going to be successful. I said, Grammy, how do you know? And she goes, because you're Dolores Jackson's grandbaby. Uh, hey, like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I know she's, uh, you know, wherever she is, I, I, I hope I'm making her proud. But I do feel like she had a hand in some of the just phenomenal success that I've been able to achieve this year. So yeah, 2023 has been one for the books and um, I just can't see what, I can't wait to see what 2024 brings. Well, and I was going to say for me, um, everyone on the show knows that I love books. We have a collaboration with Amazon books and each month we like to highlight, of course, the book of the month, you know, in mm-hmm. kind of comparison to a- uh, Oprah's, you know, book of the month club or her favorite yeah. books, all of those things. And I think whenever I found out 
that the amazing and talented Jada Pinkett Smith was going to be at Octavia's bookshelf. And (laughs) I have to say, I knew nothing about you, the bookshelf, the bookstore, Pasadena, like none of it, right? I knew nothing. Y'all, I went in like a lot of people blinded because we were just going to go and get a book signing and maybe a photo and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, I emailed this woman. And y'all know, sometimes when you email people, you're like, oh, girl, they ain't gonna never send us an email back. Lord, when I tell you this woman and I, we were emailing each other back and forth, back and forth. And I, I mean, to have met you and in addition to just to be able to have connected, even just with your family at the end of the book signing, I was like, wait, what is this? This lady has kept it in the family. And just so everyone knows, Octavia's Bookshelf is a space where readers of all walks of life can really enjoy these type of books. And it is a space where you can just find your BFF inside, a space to find community, enjoy a cup of coffee, read, relax, find unique, specifically curated products from artisans from around the world and in our neighborhood. And I have to say what I loved about your bio is that that last piece is I, you specifically, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Octavia's Bookshelf. Yeah. Because you specifically personalize your experiences and your moments as far as with people that are coming in. Mm-hmm. But right now we're looking at the end, right? We're looking at the dream. We're looking at the, the vision that you put forth into the world and it manifested to something absolutely fantastic. But we got to start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> and I love it because no one ever knows the questions that we ask, ever. No one. We've had, listen, Nikki, we have had over 240 episodes. Not one person ever knows the questions we're going to ask. And I love this because it's so authentic. <laughs> Nikki, you as a kid, what did you want to be? Um, I didn't want to be anything. I was horrified <laughs> at the thought of working. <laughs> My girl. Okay. Yeah, I hear you on that right now. Hello. Um, I mean, like, okay, so I did, I was not one of those kids who wanted to like be a doctor or a lawyer. I think at some point I probably wanted to be like what I would call like a business person. Like I wanted to dress up and I wanted to have, um, you know, like a rubber stamp to stamp, like approves or, you know, whatever. I was like really bossy as a kid. Um, so I don't know, like in my little brain, what I thought that job was, but I was like, yeah, I want to be in charge. Like, you know, <laughs> listen, you like to whatever capacity, I just want to be in charge <laughs> Yes. for you. When you can think back as a child, what would be the perfect type of day for you? Um, you know, growing up was a little rough mm-hmm. for me. Um, and so I found so much solace in books. I was a super early reader and I am a Gen Xer through and through. <laughs> and so we were pretty feral as a generation. Like nobody knew where we were. Nobody really cared. <laughs> so, um, be, you know, there was just a lot of like turmoil in, in my family unit and in our neighborhood. And so, a, so for me, a perfect, perfect day would be getting to go to my grandmother's house, um, I remember in the morning, she like she was a a, a very um, 
like proper Southern Baptist Christian late. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in the morning she would make me put on a robe before I got to the, the breakfast table and we would have coffee and toast and she would talk to me about, you know, her upbringing and she would just share like all these really beautiful stories with me. And so just sitting at the table with my grandmother and then, um, you know, reading books, just like being able to go to the library to pick out any book I wanted and then get up in my granny's bed and just read books. That would be like a super perfect day when I was little. One three six one North Hill Avenue, Pasadena, California. December 29th, 2022, you posted the door sign has been installed. I keep pinching myself to remind myself that this is real life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did you feel in that moment when you posted that? I I have to keep reminding myself that this is real and nobody can take it away from me. Um, And so like I drive up to work and I have to pinch myself like, are you, is this a dream? (laughs) Are you like, are you really living this life? And so I think in that moment to just sit down because I've, I've worked so hard this past year um, and to sit down at that moment and just, like process everything and say, I, you know, you did this. Mm -hmm. It was really um, a moment that allowed me to sort of take in everything. um, Like all the blessings I've been given. And I don't know. I just, I think at that moment, I, I felt, you know what? I felt proud. Let me just say it. I'm having a difficult time uh, (laughs) saying that out loud and I'm practicing, but I felt really proud. Less than 24 hours to go. February 18th, 10 a.m., the grand opening. Mm-hmm. When you opened the doors, mm-hmm. in your gut, what did you think in that moment? Um, oh, shit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's real now. Listen, you done painted some walls. You got, you got a door sign. <laughs> Baby, I done quit my job. Listen, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that moment where, you know, there had been a significant amount of planning and praying and like working and all this stuff. Um, and, but at that moment, I was like, all right, let's let's go. Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't see what happens. <laughs> well, and I think what was so amazing about how you have really documented this is that it really does teach entrepreneurs and people that have a dream, that have a vision and have manifested this on what does it look like? And I never, ever want you to ever, ever know that you don't ever doubt yourself ever because you really made this happen and you made it happen for a community of people that still read a community of people that really were looking for a space to feel included. And you continue to do this damn thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's an incredible privilege to be able to do this. Um, I, you know, and I think you know, sometimes I feel a little nervous because I'm I'm doing this at a later age, mm-hmm. I think, than um, a lot of entrepreneurs. And so, I hope in some way that I am inspiring young people to do it 
to believe in themselves sooner, but also uh, people my age, people who look like me, um, to know that it's not too late, never too late. Ever, ever. But I want you to say it with confidence because the reality is, guess what? God already had it manifested for you. He was waiting on you to hear that. And you heard it. And not only did you hear it on day two in the books, literally the turnout surpassed all expectations. Mm -hmm. Why I wanted you on our last show for the year is because my aunt was, and I feel like she still is because that's all I have ever known her as is Mm -hmm. she was a librarian Mm -hmm. and still alive, you know, still reads. And I, I believe that's where I had gained that piece of knowledge of literature and, and staying in, in, in libraries and reading periodicals and all of those things. And when I met you, that energy really resonated a lot with my family. Mm-hmm. In addition to, there were so many people that when they heard that you were going to be on the show have either visited your location and or knew that if we ever had somebody that was a historian, somebody that was a librarian on the show, they had questions. Nikki, what qualities are essential for a librarian? Um, so librarians, in my mind, are superhero superheroes. Um, librarians were the folks, especially my school library and the library closest to my house. They were the people who gave me the confidence to challenge myself. Um, as a reader. And so I think a librarian has to, A, be able to empathize with people, love children. Um, and I would say just have an un, like an insatiable passion for sharing mm. the magic of storytelling. Yeah. As you continue to become successful in this business and really having a, an amazing year, what motivates you to succeed and really how do you motivate success in your staff? So I am a firm believer that uh, (laughs) one should hire people smarter than you. Mm, (laughs) Say that again. Oh my God. That's my sort of secret (sighs) to success. I have managed and led teams for probably over 25 years now. And early on, um, I was given that advice and I started to implement it immediately. And it has always, always served me well. So that's first things first is, you know, hire somebody smarter than you. There you Um, go. (laughs) Because they will always make you look good. But I always try to lead by example. And I know that sounds really cliche, but it's true. Um, And my staff, I want... I want them to prioritize their personal life and their dreams and hobbies and personal interests. And so I try to model that behavior by sharing things that are really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are the two factors that have been successful at the bookshop and in my life as a corporate director. Well, and I think, you know, as an early reader, as you always have said, you know, books not only provided you with new worlds to kind of discover, but it also allowed you to kind of escape to all these unknown places. And I think for me, that's where it was alignment immediate, because I said, 
the books that I read and the magazines that I've engulfed my life in, I like mm-hmm. to just, you know, travel to these, you know, mystic places that are just super mm-hmm. dope and fun. And I'm like, maybe I'll never get there. Maybe I will. Let's manifest it. But for you, Nikki, why did you decide to start your own business? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? It's one okay. Part? Yeah. Why did you decide to start your own business? So <clears throat> during the first lockdown, well, let me back up. I had been telling myself I was going to open up my own bookshop for probably 20 years mm. because that's just a place where I'm really happy. Yeah. I go on vacation. You know, the first thing I look for is the independent bookstores. Yeah. And and uh, yarn and fabric shops because I'm a knitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but during the first lockdown, when we started to realize that everything we knew about the way the world functions was fake, like suddenly your mortgage is deferred. Suddenly they're able to, you know, let folks go without paying like, you know, all this stuff, like we've been working our asses off for years, trying to make payments on your credit card, trying to get that mortgage payment paid, uh, you know, uh, trying to keep the lights on. And and suddenly it was like, oh no, that's okay. Y'all stay home. And then, you know, and so I just started to think about how, well, if, you know, if society, if the government can make up a, a world, right? They made mm-hmm. up this, this world of capitalism that we live in. Mm-hmm. They decided to suspend some of that for, you know, a certain amount of time. I was like, well, if everybody's just making shit up as they go, <laughs> I'm going to make up my own life then. <laughs> and so that's when, I mean, literally, like, got a pen and a notebook and sat down and was like, okay, so, like, now, like, like that told me anything could be possible, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we knew that the pan- that the lockdown at least wouldn't last forever. But it was just one of those things where you're stuck at home, you're looking at the state of the world, um, and and nothing just felt real, right? Yeah, it didn't. And no, so, you're right. Yeah, so I was like, well, listen, I'm going to live in a world of delusion myself then. Okay, I'm just going to open up a bookstore. And at that moment, I was like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to do this. And I really started to just visualize myself like what the paint, like the paint color on the walls would look like. Even down to the color of the fingernail polish I would wear on opening day. Oh, wow. Oh, so you manifested, manifested all of this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to have on this. I'm going to wear some heels. I'm going to, you know, put a a pair of sneakers in the back room for when my feet hurt later on that day. (laughs) Like, it was literally one of those things. And I just started to, like, every time I thought of a detail, I just started writing it down. Um, And then it happened. I think we always think about how we can set ourselves apart from others. How do you set your business apart from, let's just say, other bookstores that are in the industry? Mm-hmm. So for me, I am being authentically myself. I, I'm on a mission to create a space that I wish I had access to mm-hmm. as a kid, to a space that I want access to now. And so... Um, 
I just try not to look at what other people are doing. For sure, I have some, um, you know, created some alliances with other bookstore owners because it does get a little bit lonely. It does, um, yep. You know, like when you're when you work in, in an office, you just like look over at the next cubicle and go, hey, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? <laughs> you know, so so I, I definitely do have those alliances that have been really helpful. But I really try to just focus on what works for me, mm-hmm. um, what works for the community I live in. Um, you know, I tell people my 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 book selection uh, you know, there it's BIPOC authors, but like super heavy on the B. So <laughs> I like that's the priority. And so I just, I don't, you know, I just like resist the urge to do what everybody else is doing because like, you know, it yeah. might be easier. I just keep trying to stay on that path. And I think that is what has probably translated the best to my customers is that I'm going to give it to you a hundred percent like every day. Um, and you know that what I'm like, the, the books that I've curated, the products that I've brought in, these are products that like I use, I like, I exactly. enjoy, I believe in, and it serves me well thus far. Well, and it does because I think a lot of us, including me, I find alignment in just how you've curated this business to be super successful in such not a small amount of time because, I mean, 20 years is a long time. Let's be clear. You've manifested this business so long that mm-hmm. the universe was just waiting on you to go ahead and pull the trigger. But I always think about starting your own business can be super difficult. Um, as you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of determination to really make it successful. Nikki, yeah. what is the hardest part of being an entrepreneur? Hmm. Gosh, I've learned so many lessons this year. Um, I would say the hardest part, I mentioned a little bit early earlier about the loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so like not having someone to bounce ideas off of, uh, to often, very often, um, being in a position where you're going to pull the trigger on something. Right. And- you are your only safety net. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so um, true. <laughs> yeah, that's been really difficult. Um, and you know, and I've learned a lot of lessons. I I still feel really energized by some of the challenges that I faced. Um, and then some lessons were like so big. I was like, oh, okay, I know to never do that again. Got it. You know? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think just like some loneliness of, of not having somebody right there to, to walk with you through it. My husband is super supportive, but you know, not but, but and <laughs> he owns a barbershop. He's, you know, not a book person. And mm-hmm. so he's there to some degree to, you know, like, again, there's, there's that that safety net sort of with him, like as my spouse, my partner, but just to be in a, in, in, you know, in the back office, <laughs> looking at like invoices and like, you know, how big do I go for my Christmas order? And, um, you know, there's like a million different decisions to make. And so sometimes I, I get like decision fatigues and, <laughs> and that that's really difficult. you like, you like, I need, I need a decision breaker. What's up? I need some help. What's going yes. on? Um, I want to get into our Q&A. Um, there was a 
few, about seven questions that people had reached out to specifically about you. And we wanted to pull at least two or three of some of the top ones. The first one comes from Christina, and she is out of Long Beach. She asks, Nikki, how does your business look different now versus when you started it in February? (laughs) A lot different. So, um... (laughs) Uh, Number one, the size. We started out in 623 square feet uh, February 18th. And by September 19th, I moved right next door into 1,300 square feet. So that was sort of the physical difference. I feel like I've sort of um, hit the sweet spot with curation. Mm. Um, And so I think there are a lot more, like there's a better selection now because I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged uh, in the best way possible to do more for my community. And so let me give you an example of what that looks like. I'm a black woman through and through my like, you know, classics that the people who have shaped me in terms of writers, obviously Octavia Butler, but, mm-hmm. you know, Alice Walker and Bell Hooks and Maya Angelou, like all the, the, the greats. And so I've been talking to a lot of my customers who are black men who, you know, they love the selection, but they're like, hey, you've curated this so well, and I see that you, you know, sort of lean in towards your specific demographic. What do you have for me with regards to, you know, self-care for Black men or Mm. that kind of thing? And so um, now I have been reading tons of books um, that I feel are more targeted to black men. Okay. I've talked to many customers like, what well, would you like to see? I sometimes will just, you know, find books and then give them, you know, gift them to, um, you know, some of the men in my life, um, to say, Hey, can you read this and tell me if it resonates with you? <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, say that you know, like my experience is different. Um, and, and so I want to be true to that. And I know that my customers really, Freddie, no. <laughs> I love it. I love this live. I love it live. Oh, my God. Yes, Freddie said, no, no, you hear me. Uh-uh, I want to be heard, too. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I think it looks different in that regard, which is a good thing. Because yeah. now I'm able to pull in books that that meet my full community. And that's really been a a lot of fun. You know, it was interesting. um, When I read that question, they actually had um, piggybacked another question around that, asking me specifically, what are some of my top male, um, you know, writers or books that I've read or whatever. And I think, you know, it made me think of like all of the books in my life. Of course, Baldwin was my number one, but I think of Jericho Brown to George C. Mm-hmm. Wolf to um, I had to think James McBride to um, oh my gosh Major Jackson there were just so many people Robert Jones Jr. that I really kind of focus a lot because I love um, male writers but I love okay. female writers to your point every person that you mentioned as well um, so yeah I love that um, next question actually came from Nicholas out of Hollywood California. And his question is, Nikki, how have you grown personally from becoming an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I think personally I have um, (laughs) 
first and foremost, <laughs> come to come to terms with the fact that uh, you know I'm a 50 year old woman and I'm no longer 25 and I don't have the physical stamina. Let them know you are 50 and fine, but continue. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, like that's one thing. I was like, oh, okay. I I literally need a specific amount of time you know, to sleep. So <laughs> I have taken sleep hygiene a lot more seriously. But I think, part, you know, another part is I've, I've been able to stretch my own imagination of what's possible. Mm. And I've been able to, I think, tangibly um, impact my community by doing, you know, various outreach projects that makes me feel really good um and and really increase my confidence in a way that I don't think would have happened had I not done this um because yeah I feel like oh yeah I did this and and now I'm like what else can I do you know yeah but but that's that's been the biggest sort of personal um for me. I have to say, I think for you, the world is endless. I mean, to be clear, uh, and I want to highlight this for every person that listens to the show and that have supported us for the five seasons. This woman has been featured on many publications like the LA Times and CBS Los Angeles to ABC7 to the Pasadena Star News and the list goes on and on and on. And I think when you look at your trajectory and how you manifested this moment, thank you and congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation with you and I'm having a great time and I'm still just absolutely stunned that people reached out to you to ask questions. I yeah. mean, I'm like, this is my real life. <laughs> it <know>? is. It <laughs> is. So, I thank you so much. And and guess what? I get to meet people like you. I mean, from the moment you emailed me, I was like, oh, this, he's my people. Oh, you know? absolutely. So I, you know, absolutely. I, you know, like, okay, I got you. We got you. You know, um, being able to make those kind of connections just feels so special to me. Ah, uh, man. Listen, as we wrap our show, you know, we have curated and I would probably say recurated. I don't even know if that's a word anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, we wanted to create a therapy session because, interesting enough, you talked about mental health and our focus, me specifically, personally, not even on the show, but specifically just with people. I've always used this terminology of taking a beat, you know, take a moment for yourself to be able to realize who you are, what you're doing, what your purpose is. But take a moment of just silence to just be in your own skin and just say thank you for allowing me, God, to allow me to see another day. Mm-hmm. So as we've recurated at the end of our show, we call this the therapy session. Okay. So we get to see how great you are in the bookstore and how amazing you are as an entrepreneur, but also an amazing wife and a, and a sister and, and a daughter and all of these great mm-hmm. things. But maybe a lot of people don't know who Nikki is. Mm-hmm. My first question is, who is your biggest role model? My biggest role model was my grandmother, Dolores Jackson. How do you define success? I define success as being happy. 
I think it's a multi-layered question, right? Mm -hmm. Like success for me means being in in a in a space where I'm loved and I can give love um being happy being content I think sometimes people um downplay the importance of being content like you always have to be like mm. happy and yeah sometimes it's just like yes like this is my life and I love it and I'm content where I am right now even if bigger things are on the horizon um and I think materially it would be just the ability to travel. I've been really fortunate over the past probably 15 years where I've been able to um, visit a different country each year with the exception of during the lockdown. So, At what point did you look at your business and consider it to be a success? Uh, um, the first time... Some little black kids came in and I heard, Mama, look, ooh, ooh, Mama, that's me. <gasps> that, I was like, oh, done. That's it. Right. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Having, having uh, black kids, brown kids, it, kids of color just walk in and see themselves represented um, and not just during February or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, yeah. What book? What books do you recommend every entrepreneur to read? Um, my gosh. Let me think. So there is a book that I really enjoy. It's called Real Self-Care, a transformative program for redefining wellness. Mm -hmm. Crystals, cleanses, and bubble baths not included. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. (laughs) You have to be able to um, properly set boundaries for yourself. And I think um, kind of in the self-care movement, like it's great that we do all, you know, like I get my nails done and, you know, but sometimes I can just feel like an extra list of things to do. Um, so like for the nitty gritty self-care, like you have to have that in check before you're able to, I think, successfully do any business or any job really, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're working for somebody else. How? Uh, I, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Also, I just, this is going to sound crazy, but <laughs> I would also plug Octavia Butler, mm-hmm. um, specifically Parable of the Sower, um, which is a dystopian classic published in 1993, but set in 2024. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why I think that's important. It, it, that was 30 years ago. And in all of her interviews, when... Um, folks would ask her about that book and like, you know, why are you being so negative or why are you saying that we're going to be in this, you know, mess? And she was like, listen, I'm just looking at where we are now, like very recent history at the time. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the trajectory that we're on. And and I feel like um, for me, really, that's been a huge part of of, uh, I think the way I live, like that self-reliance that's talked about in the book, the importance of building community. Um, there, there's just ways to take a lot of the things in parable of the sore and apply them to yourself because the world is like really crazy and all this crazy shit is happening. 
And Lauren Alamina in Parable of the Sower is like, you know, let me make a new religion and let's <laughs> like let's move somewhere and plant these seeds and um, you know, like wow, like we have to do that right now, even in the face of uh, things that we can't control. So you mentioned him earlier. How do you define the love you have for your husband? Ah, I love that man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we've been together 25 years. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time. I think, too, you know what? Like, I love him, but I also really like him. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the difference i know a lot of people who feel like a loving like a loving way for a longtime partner um but he's funny as hell and um so supportive and i i think just really like the love will always be there but i what we try to focus on is staying in like like we just we still want to like each other and so um yeah, I like him because he's funny and he's like sexy and. <laughs> <laughs> Just in all of the above. How about that? In all of the above. You know what I'm saying? Our last two questions, Nikki. How do you deal with self doubt and or doubt from others? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a practice. I have not mastered it yet. And I always want to be clear when I'm talking about the success of Octavia's bookshelf and um, is that self-doubt creeps in a lot. And for me, it's just really practicing saying things out loud. And, and, and then when like these, so anytime I start thinking about doing something and then my next thought is how am I going to convince person A, B, C, whatever in my life, then I know that maybe I need to, look at my motivation because if 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 it's coming from an authentic place if it's aligned with my values then I don't need to convince anybody right mm-hmm. and so to to battle self-doubt I have to sometimes say things out loud even if it's in my car or in the bathroom mirror and um like I'll just keep saying it I am a successful business owner I got this. Yes, like, you do. Yeah. So, like, faced with something that feels like, you know, maybe I don't have the tools currently, and I don't know how I'm going to get it. I just keep telling myself, well, I'm the kind of person that everything always works out for me. And so I just keep saying it <laughs> until I stop feeling silly, and I feel like, oh, yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how I battle self-doubt. <laughs> As you go back to look at the seven-year-old Nikki High and, Uh you know, all the words of encouragement that her grandmother told her and, you know, all of the things that you had to endure as a child. But now as you continue to grow older and you've been able to meet an amazing man, a husband, your best friend, a partner, you've been able to really put on the boots and put your boots to the ground and really create this amazing space of Octavia's bookshelf. Mm -hmm. But in addition to this, you've been able to now open up multiple, multiple bookstores and be able to still curate these experiences for people like me and people like you and people that see themselves. As you said, when that little kid saw themselves in the books that you had in these stores. Mm -hmm. But in addition to Nikki, guess what? You, 
then had the opportunity to speak as you've done on different panels to encourage other black women, other women, other women of color to be able to see themselves in their full capacity. What do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, you know, I mean, my sort of goal every day when I wake up is being a good living ancestor. And then what is the legacy I'm going to leave behind? And I started to look at life like that probably about six or seven years ago when I uh, became familiar with a woman named Layla Saad, um, who talked about, you know, being a good ancestor and what that means. It means different, you know, different things to so many people. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, what can I do today to be a really good ancestor? If that is just pouring myself in the bookstore so that I can leave a legacy to other people in my family or community members, you know, what happened? <laughs> Freddie? <laughs> Freddie said, I'm a part of this too now. Yeah. Um, and and I, I feel like using that as my guide has been extraordinarily helpful in sort of creating me as a whole person is, is because I want to be able to have people look at me today and not when I leave this world, yeah. right? Um, and, and say, you know, Nikki made me feel good or Nikki recommended this great book or Nikki opened up her space um, so that, you know, I had some place to be that was safe. Um, um, I think about, you know, people who are in other marginalized groups other than the one that I'm in. So, um, you know, just being in, being intentional about creating that is for me, it's one thing when people say, you know, like this space this is a safe space and it's something different to be like this space was created intentionally with Mm -hmm. you in mind for your comfort and safety. Mm -hmm. And so, so when I, when I bring in books, when I, you know, hire on new people, when I surround myself with specific people, I want to make sure that, you know, people who are in the LGBTQ community feel like that. Not that this just is a safe space, but that I was intentionally thinking about you. People who are in wheelchairs know when they come in, I was intentionally thinking about you based on my book selection, the way that the aisles are set up, where the bathroom is located. Like those are the things that go through my head Mm -hmm. because I want to be a good living ancestor. And then automatically when I leave this world, you know that that will be my legacy and 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 i hope that it i'll be passing the torch um to people who will sort of do this in their own way in other parts of of the world i promise you you have definitely set a footprint for so many people to follow i want to thank you for your service i want to thank you for your continued success and i'm super excited to continue to see how these pages begin to continue to flow any last words you want to leave any of your new listeners any people that know you that love you any last words i would just say first and foremost i am so deeply deeply grateful for you for this invitation for inviting me onto your show it means so much to me um 
I want people to come to Octavia's bookshelf. Let me welcome you. Let me give you a hug. Let me show (laughs) you, you know, help you find your next best friend in the pages of a book. Um, Come kick it with me. You know, like that's what I want people to know when they come in. Like we're going to have a good time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're going to cry. Sometimes we're going to laugh, but it will always be an experience that I hope is really meaningful. Um, And for anybody out there who is considering branching out on their own, I say do it. Do it Mm -hmm. with intention. And um, I think that's it. Listen, I appreciate you. I want everyone to continue to follow this beautiful spirit and soul on Octavia's underscore bookshelf on Instagram. Again, as we said earlier, 1365 North Hill Avenue, Pasadena, California, 91104. And again, an independent bookstore highlighting B-I-P-O-C authors, black owned, period, woman owned, period, Octavia inspired period (laughs) open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I want to thank you so much for everything. As we always say at the end of our show, stay positive, but stay creative. And again, I want to thank all of our listeners and our new listeners that we are now on a network, y'all. The African American TV network. Shout out to Tan TV. Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Freddie. And everybody else, we appreciate you. And thank you guys for a phenomenal and a fantastic 2023. Stay positive and stay creative, y'all. Thank you. So you guys know that I love a good book. So I have curated my own book collection by Jameer Smith on Amazon. So make sure you check it out at www.amazon.com backslash shop backslash Jameer underscore Smith. And check out some of these amazing books that I chose. (laughs) Happy reading.